0: A little better. God bless everybody. What a great-looking crowd we have today at our broadcast campus. This is our South Metro Atlanta campus, and we're so honored to have you here on What is Vision Sunday. Many of you know that we're one church in multiple locations, so we have everybody here in this room today, and then 700 miles north of here in the greater Washington, D.C. area is our Germantown, Maryland campus family. Come on, can we make some noise? Give it up for Germantown today. Let them hear you all the way from the south. I love all of you and then we welcome everybody watching online today Uh, we got a great team there online so if you need anything throughout this gathering just drop a comment or a prayer request in that uh, platform and the team will jump right in and respond and so we're glad to have everybody online and then we have this weekly tradition where we give honor to the incredibly brave military men and women and all of the courageous first responders we ask for you to clap for a lot of different things but when it comes to honoring those who serve and protect us by risking their own lives. I think it's appropriate that this is the loudest applause of appreciation. Come on, real loud, real proud. Come on, thank you. Thank you for serving. And uh, you are here on Vision Sunday. Today is going to be day of uh, some information and some inspiration. And so I pray that it's a, a blessing and an encouragement to you. We've got a lot of things to cover in the next 35 minutes or so. And so let me give you some instruction on the front end. I'd love if you took something to write some thoughts down with. Uh, we're not just going to be talking about vision for this house but vision for your life as well and i'm going to start with a couple of important save the dates that i think uh, you need to to know about so on the first wednesday of every single month we do what we call a first wednesday gathering and so this upcoming wednesday is the first wednesday of a new month and so uh, we invite everybody to come out seven o'clock for those of you here at our south metro atlanta campus Seven o'clock for those of you at our Germantown campus as well. It is a night where we'll have extended worship and there'll be a powerful message and we'll do communion together and there'll be an opportunity for prayer and also a night uh, for children to be dedicated. And so Parents or grandparents, if you'd like your child to be dedicated, you can go to the website or to the app and fill out that form. We would be honored to partner with you in dedicating your child to the Lord. And then for those of you in Germantown, I'm excited because I'm going to jump. I'm leaving on a jet plane. Come on, I'm coming up to see you. I'm going to preach live. It's been a few months since I've had the opportunity to hang out. And so we'll practice social distancing. But we have rented the Covenant Life Church to accommodate a larger crowd that night so we'd love for everybody in germantown to come and to be a part of the first wednesday gathering and then right here at our broadcast campus we'd love for you to come out that night as well first wednesday is a powerful night and i hope that you're able to participate another save the date that's important is next sunday we're going to kick off a new series and we're going to journey through the book of jonah together is that okay a powerful a powerful story and uh, if you've read the book of jonah you you know a little bit about it if you've not yet read it Uh, You can go ahead between now and next week. It's about four chapters long and uh, get a head start on what we'll be discussing. And so we'll jump into this book together and hear what the Lord is going to say to us. Now, a moment ago, you heard about this trunk or treat event that is coming up. And so I wanted to highlight this personally because uh, there's a couple things that I want you to know. Number one, we are not promoting Halloween. So let's just get that thought out of the way. We are promoting loving our community to life. Is that Good. And so in an ever-changing society and environment with this whole global pandemic, uh, we felt like as a staff and as a team, what would be a great way to love our community to life at both of our locations? And we thought, well, a lot of children aren't going to have the opportunity to to go out and get some candy and all of that. So how could we create a safe place, a spiritual place, a contact-free place for kids to, to get dressed up? And enjoy some free candy and so we're creating this trunk or treat event it is happening on saturday october 31st 5 p.m to 7 p.m now here's what we need from you we need volunteers we need you to sign up so you can go to the website you can go to the app but there's two different opportunities that you can sign up for opportunity a you can sign up to serve in any capacity that night to allow this event to be a huge success we need all hands on deck And so we need as many people jumping in the trenches with us to make this night uh, possible. A second way that you could sign up and serve is by saying, Hey, I'd love for you all to allow me to use my car or my truck and my trunk. I'll decorate it and I'll let the kids come and get some candy as well. And so we need at both locations, approximately 50 cars each. So that's a hundred different cars in order for this to be a huge success. So we need people to serve in any way, shape or form. And then we need about 50 of you from our South Metro Atlantic campus and 50 of you from our Germantown campus to say, hey, you know what, we'll use my trunk and we'll let some kids enjoy a night and uh, love them to life, is that okay? So if you're willing to do that for us, again, visit mygochurch.com or look at the app. There's a way you can sign up and serve. And that would be a huge, huge, awesome opportunity and uh, an honor to have you serve with us. Is this okay? Everybody excited about Trump Tree? Come on now. I'm excited. We're going to love our kids to life. We're going to love our community to life. And we're going to see a lot of people be exposed to the love of Jesus because of your faithfulness. So, all right. It is Vision Sunday. And let me tell you a little bit more about Vision Sunday. So Vision Sunday is twofold. We do this twice a year for two primary reasons. Number one, it is my desire to give you fresh vision for this house. I think it's important that the church that you attend, and so for many of you, obviously, you're calling Go Church your church in the season. It's important for you to know the vision of the house. But Vision Sunday is more than just vision of the house and fresh vision for the ministry. Vision Sunday is also to make sure that you have a clear vision for your life as well. God wants you to know about your purpose and your destiny and the vision that he has for you. So vision is not very complicated. It's actually pretty simple. Let me give you a working definition here. You can write this down. It is the ability to see clearly. The ability to see clearly. Now, obviously, I wear glasses. Come on, shout out to all the people that wear glasses. Where are you at? Make some noise. Be proud that you're slightly vision impaired. Come on. So I wear glasses because I don't have perfect vision. And so I wear these glasses so that I have a better ability to see clearly. If I I take my glasses off, I'm going to trip over some stuff. I'm going to stumble around because I need a, a better perspective. I need a clearer vision. And that's what vision is. That's what the vision of the church should be. That's what the vision of your life should be. It's very, very clear. I think we live, well, let me rephrase that. I know that we live in a culture and in a society that lacks clarity. Can you give me a good amen? Uh, There's a lot of, here's a good word, there's a lot of confusion that has kind of infiltrated our culture. And people are wondering what's truth, what's not, what's fake news, what's real news, and there's all of this confusion. Paul talks about this in his letter to the church at Corinth, and I think this is important. Many of you, you know this verse, but he reminds us that God is not the author of confusion. can you give me an amen right there? All of the confusion that's happening in, in your world in my world and around the world, it is not from God because God is not the author of confusion. As a matter of fact, on the contrary, God is the author of peace, of peace. And whenever the church has a clear vision and whenever your life has a clear vision, it will provide stability, it will provide confidence, it will provide clarity, and it will provide peace. And that's what God wants for you. God wants you to have peace that passes all understanding. But where we get confused and where we lack peace is whenever we don't have our hope and our confidence in God. Can I tell you that your God is faithful, your God is good, and your God is in control, and God wants you to have a better ability to see clearly that even though what you see in the natural is wild and chaotic, God is working something out. Do you believe that? And he's up to something big. As a matter of fact, the Bible reminds us that he works all things together for our good. And what we need is for this house, and what we need for your house and my house is a better vision, a clearer vision. This is why it's important. I'm gonna show you two different translations of Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. So Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, he wrote these words. This is how it's translated in the KJV version, the King James version of scripture. The Bible says that where there is no, on the count of three, everybody in this room, everybody at Germantown, everybody online, I want you to say this word vision with me. Ready? One, two, three, vision. Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keeps the law is happy. Now, I don't always use the message translation, but I did like how this was interpreted. Chapter 29 of Proverbs, looking at verse number 18, the message says it this way. If people can't see what God is doing, they're gonna stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, how many of you know that God is always trying to reveal his purpose and his plan? You understand that, right? That God is always working to reveal his purpose and his plan. So when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Uh, So let me say it to you like this. A person or a church that does not have a clear vision, an ability to see clearly, they think that there are no consequences for the choices they make in life. But a person that understands and can see the vision that God has placed on them and the purpose in them, they recognize the weight of every choice and every decision. Because our goal and our objective should be to fulfill the purpose and the destiny for the reason that we are alive today. I don't know who I'm talking to, but somebody needs to hear this. You are alive not by accident. The God of this universe does not make accidents. Now your parents might not have knew that you were coming, but your father in heaven knew that you were coming and he gave you breath. I'm about to preach, you better buckle up. He gave you breath. He put blood in your veins. He gave you life, purpose, destiny, and meaning so that you could accomplish all of the great things that God wants you to accomplish. And not just accomplish them for your own success or for your own glory, but so that he would get all the glory and so that he would get all the honor. And not so that you and I could just live this life and make it to heaven, but so that we could take as many people to heaven with us as we can. Come on, can you give me a good amen right there? So. Here is a reminder, if you will, or for some of you, here is some information that you really need to know. God made you on purpose, and he made you for a purpose. God makes no mistakes. And when God made you, he made you with intentionality. When he made you, he made you with design, and there was strategy. God God not only made you on purpose, but he made you for a purpose purpose. There have been times in my life where I have thought, surely there is more to life than this, whatever this is. And I think many of you, you've thought that as well. Surely there is a greater meaning and a greater purpose and a greater reason that I'm alive than just getting up every day, going through the same routine, the same mundane routine. Monday through Friday, clock in, clock out, get the kids ready, feed them food, do the dishes, do the laundry, come on, keep the house in order. And I'm just talking about the things I do every day. Come on now. You know, like there's gotta be more than just that routine and there is, God made you on purpose and God made you for a purpose. And if you ever take the time to read your Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you're gonna see a constant Theme throughout the Holy Scriptures. God shows you repeatedly, again, from the beginning of the book to the end of the book, his desire for you. There are three things that I see all throughout Scripture. And these three things really became real to me in 2012 when I read the Great Commission. It's where we get our name Go Church from. And I began to do a little bit more in depth personal study on what we call here at Go Church the three steps in your spiritual journey. So if God made you on purpose and he made you for a purpose, we recognize then that we're on this journey, right? And there are these steps in this spiritual journey that God desires for you to take and for me to take. I'm gonna show it to you. Uh, Those of you that have been through MoveTrack recently, you understand this language. I believe with all of my heart that it is God's desire for us to gather together grow in purpose and go make a difference do you believe that all right if you believe it i want to do this both is online let's say these three phrases together You ready one two three gather together grow in purpose go make a difference now now say it like you're glad to be alive today you ready one two three gather together grow in purpose go make a difference let's look at this today because this really is the the clearer vision for your life this has to do so much with the purpose that God has for you. It's more than just getting up and going through the same routine. There there are things that God wants you to accomplish. Let's start with gather together. Um, In the very beginning, when God created Adam, he looked at Adam in Genesis two, verse number 18. And again, many of you know this, and this is what he said. He said, it is not good for man to be alone. God did not create you to live in isolation. I think that's why we feel the way that we feel through this global health pandemic, because COVID-19 has created pockets of isolation. And that's why we see such a spiritual apathy in our country and around the world. It's why, it's why people can't, they, they don't know how to communicate on Facebook and in real-time conversations. And, How many of you know some people that are just acting a fool right now? Come on, be honest. If they're near you, go ahead and point at them. It's church. No, don't do that. That's a joke. God God never created you and I to live in isolation. If you you look at how God refers to his children, this is what he calls us. He calls us sheep. Now, there, there are multiple reasons that he calls you sheep and he calls me a sheep, But one thing that you need to know about sheep is this, is that they are, listen, write this down. It's not on the TV screen, but I think you should write it down. Sheep are defenseless on their own. They cannot protect themselves on their own. That's why Jesus leaves the 99 to go after the one. Because if the one sheep gets away from the flock, they are going to find themselves in great danger and in great trouble. I mean, if something were to attack a sheep on its own, what, what's this sheep going to fight back with? What's, what's he going to spray on another animal? What's he going to like at another animal? You, you ever seen a sheep growl or bark or hiss? No. First, sheep are defenseless, but they're also pretty dumb animals. But, however, when they are together, they are able to hold each other accountable and they are able, listen to me, to look out for one another. I think what's happening in our country and, again, all around the world, but specifically here in the United States is we've got a lot of sheep, a lot of children who have gotten away from the flock. And I'm not just talking about the church, the big C church, but they've gotten away from the daily responsibility of practicing the spiritual disciplines and they are out on their own and God never wanted you to live your life alone. Let me talk to the cameras for just a moment because there are people in this room, God never desired for you to live in isolation. It's not good for you to be alone. Let me show, let me show you what the Bible says. Jesus says this, he says, when two or three people gather together, In my name, he says, now I'm going to show up. I'm going to be with them. One translation says, I will be in their midst. That's good, isn't it? Now, a few thoughts that should be pointed out about this. Number one, this is why we call what we do on Sundays and first Wednesdays and first Saturday prayer. This is why we call them gatherings. Because this is not just a and I'm not knocking what any other church calls it, but this is not just a service like let's check off our service to the Lord as a religious obligation. no, this is a gathering of people, a. Ga- uh, the original Greek word was the ekklesia, which is a, is a war term, a military term, that when the people of God would ekklesia together, when they would gather together, there, there is something powerful about corporate worship that you can't get on your own. There's something powerful about corporate prayer that you tap into that sometimes you don't find on your own. There's something powerful about community and, and doing life together. Does that resonate with truth with anybody today? Like, when we gather together, and not just not just gather together, because right now, all across the country, and I know it looks a little different, but just follow the analogy for a moment. People are gathering together to celebrate their favorite sports teams. But when we gather together, and we begin to lift up the name that is above all names. I'm preaching better than you're helping, and that's cool. But whenever we gather together, and we begin to lift up the name of Jesus, can I just remind you that there is power in the name of Jesus. Everything we need is found in the presence of Jesus. And when two people get together or three people get together and we make it all about Jesus and we stop making it about us and we stop making it about our agenda, but we start looking at the kingdom agenda, then all of a sudden he says, I'm gonna gonna show up. And I know many of you can testify to this, but I feel like preaching it for a moment, anytime that he shows up, he always shows out. Come on, give Jesus some praise right there. That's so what he does. He says, where two or three gather together in my name, I'm going to be there, right there with them. Oh, the, heater of, uh, the, the writer of Hebrews rather says it this way. He says, so do not neglect gathering together. Don't stop meeting together. He says, some are in the habit of doing that. He says, but you ought to encourage one another. And then he says this even more as you see the day approaching what day is he talking about he's talking about the inevitable return of jesus christ and i'm telling you this we are closer to the day of the return of jesus than we've ever been jesus is coming back and and the writer of hebrews again reminds us he says don't neglect meeting together gathering together He says, no, in the last days, you should be more intentional about community and fellowship and life together and relationship and watching out for the other sheep in the flock, having your back and their back and making sure everybody is accountable for because the enemy is seeking whom he may devour. Now, let me give you some vision here. In the middle of a a global pandemic with all that's happened around the world, 2020 has not been a complete loss. It's not been a complete loss for your life and for your family, and there's still, there's still a few months left in this year, and God can do a whole lot in, you know, 90 days, give or take, than, than the enemy can do in the first, you know, eight, nine months of this year. So, But your church has been uh, not only working diligently uh, on reaching people, loving people to life, but there have been opportunities where the ministry of Go Church have been recognized for what happens whenever we gather together. I'm gonna show you two really cool things, and I think both of these are worth um, some response of applause and appreciation. The first one is this. For two years in a row, 2019 and again in 2020, our Germantown, Maryland campus has been voted the best place of worship in all of Germantown. Come on now. Come on, let Germantown hear you real quick. Come on. Yeah. Even through all of this, they, they, they've recognized the ministry of Go Church, our Germantown campus, and we're so proud of you. Uh, we believe God's best is in front of you. We're proud of the team there. And this is such a tremendous honor to be recognized by the Germantown Award Program. And so we celebrate you and we applaud our campus there for a job well done. Now, let me give you one more, you ready for one more? Uh, Outreach Magazine, a few weeks ago, uh, which is a Christian magazine, released the top 100 fastest growing churches in America. And Go Church family, I'm honored to announce to you that your church was recognized as the 21st fastest growing church in the country. Come on. Oh, come on, somebody. Isn't that great? And i tell you that when we look at what's next, it is, my, it is my heart and my prayer that we focus on launching a new campus. Now, I'm not here to stand in front of you on this Vision Sunday and say, that our next campus is coming, but I am telling you that our executive leadership team, our board of trustees, we are looking at these factors and the next steps of launching a campus. Right now, we're in the season of prayer and strategizing. We gotta make sure we got a campus pastor in place, looking at location, making sure all the finances are lined up. You gotta have a Go Team, which is our incredible volunteers. The Go Teamers are the real MVPs of the church, by the way. Gotta make sure we got good worship Pardon the grammar, but there ain't no worship like Go Church Worship. Come on now. Writing their own songs and lifting up Jesus. And and then, of course, we want to make sure that we've got our next generation, which is Go Kids and Go Youth Covered. Now, Now, why is this important? It's a great question. Because when I pray for our community, whether it's Montgomery County, Maryland, or Coweta County, Georgia, or wherever else the Lord wants to take us, I know that there are unchurched people outside of these four walls that are looking for a community that will invite them in in spite of their flaws. I know that there are de-churched people that have kind of gotten away from a covering of a local church. There are uh, anti church people, people that are against faith and against religion, but they're looking for something that's real. And then many of you, you know this as well, but there are people that have been hurt by the church. They were part of church for a while and something happened and they were hurt by the church. And so they said, I'll... I'll never go back to a church again. And, you know, I've told you this a few different times when people say, you know, go church. There's a bunch of hypocrites over there. And my response is this. We're not full of hypocrites. We always got room for one more. Come on now. (laughs) You know, I mean, we all all got our stuff, right? But when we gather together and we lift up the name of Jesus, something powerful happens. Here's why. Because there's a lot of stories out there of people looking for a spirit-filled Bible teaching, Jesus preaching, come on, type of church that's not afraid to stand on the truth of God's word. Let me show you one quick story that I think you'll be really encouraged by. Check this out.
1: Hi, my name is Christy and I recently started attending Go Church in August of 2020 after relocating to the Germantown area in July. Earlier this year, I relocated from Florida to my hometown in Mississippi during COVID-19 And during that period, I was working from home and praying about, you know, praying to God about what my next steps would be as I continued to look for a new job. And one of the very first things that I decided to do was to make sure that I had a church home. And for me, Go Church was a great fit. And what really solidified the deal for me was one Sunday, I was watching Go Church on YouTube and they were hosting a panel and the pastor allowed everybody to speak, even if they had different, diverse perspectives. There's just a lot of respect Uh, and just a lot of love in in the room. And so I really appreciated that, and that, for me, solidified the decision to come to Go Church. And when I made that decision, I made sure that my home was centrally located so that I could just walk to the church because I wanted to be a part of everything that they had going on. So far, it's been a great experience. I'm really excited to be here. Right now, I'm attending our Sunday nights here in Germantown and I look forward to seeing and meeting everybody when we return. Come on what an awesome story right?
0: Now I don't want to retell your story but I hope that you caught it. She was relocating from one state to Maryland and she found Go Church online and she picked a home that was in walking distance of that location so that she wouldn't miss out on a Go Church gathering. Isn't that powerful? that whenever we make it all about Jesus and we come together, we do life together and we win together. Again, I think it's a great place to pause and give Jesus some praise. Come on now. Oh, okay, so our three steps, gather together, grow in purpose, go make a difference. Let's look, at, let's look at grow in purpose, grow in purpose. Again, these three steps in your spiritual journey are what I believe every church should be doing in order to help you reach Uh, the full vision and understanding of God's purpose for your life. God doesn't just want you to come to church on Sundays. God doesn't want you to show up here, there, and in between. God wants you to begin to grow in your purpose and your calling and ultimately find fulfillment in Him. Uh, This is how the writer says it in the book of Acts. He says, "My, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me. Now, who's the teacher? The teacher is Jesus, right? And Jesus is assigning, not just to Paul, but to every single one of us, the assignment or the work, and here is the work of telling others the good news. Now here's the beautiful thing about the body of Christ, is that not all of us are going to do the work of telling others the good news in the same way. We all have different abilities and talents and gifts the challenge though is that so many christians so many believers they get saved and yet they never fully understand the giftings that are on the inside of them this is why so many people they they go through the motions of everyday living and they they keep a job that they absolutely hate doing but hey you know what i got to ha- i got to have that job and i get that and i applaud you for the commitment to keeping the job But what if there's something more out there? What if there's something better out there? And what's more and what's better is doing the very thing that leverages your gifts, your talents, and abilities to tell others the good news. So here's what we do at Go Church, because I want to help you grow in your purpose. I don't want you just to come to church on Sunday and hear a message from me. that's, That's a very small fraction of what the body of Christ should be doing whenever we gather together. Now our heart is that you grow and your calling and in your giftings. So one of the things that we've created is what we call Move Track, and at Move Track it's more than just church membership. But many of you you've already participated in Move Track. But what Move Track allows you to do is take some assessments. Literally, you get a spiritual gifts test that will show you how God wired you, how God designed you, how God made you, so that you can grow in that calling you can grow in that destiny, and you can grow in that purpose. If you've never attended MoveTrack, this month is your month. It'll meet on the last Sunday of the month, and I highly encourage you to jump on online, register for MoveTrack, and take your next step in growing in your purpose. Another way that we talk about growing in purpose, and you hear a lot about this at Go Church, and you hear a lot of it at MoveTrack, is the conversation around small groups. Again, these, these steps of, this spiritual journey are not like step one, two, and three. They work in harmony together. They they, they are more cyclical than step one, two, and three. And a big part of what God wants you to do and what he designed for you to do is when you gather together, you begin to grow in purpose and real life change happens in the context of relationships. You gotta have those relationships. It's in those small group settings that you find freedom, you find hope, and you find, watch this, healing. So in John, the Bible says that if you confess your sins to God, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. In James, he says that if you confess your sins one to another and you pray for each other, you will find healing. This is why groups are so important. It's because whenever you get in these small groups, you begin to experience healing. And through healing, you begin to discover your purpose. And a lot of people, they're really skeptical about small groups. And they think, well, you know, it could be a weird group. Or, you know, I, I don't know if I'm going to be accepted. Or if they're going to, once they get to know me, if they're really going to like me. And, and then in this season of small groups, which it's never too late to jump into a group. I know it looks a little different. But I think that all of you should take this next step. Because this is how you grow in purpose. And so I'm going to show you one more story. story of Josh and Heather and kind of their reluctancy to get into a group, but how this group responded in a few difficult seasons of their life. Check this out.
2: I'm Josh.
3: I'm Heather, and we're the Hollands. We've been attending a small group at Go Church for about two years now.
2: I chose to connect in a group because my wife told me that's what we were gonna do. (laughs) And um, I remember just thinking to myself, we're not gonna have anything in common with anybody and and we're gonna be kicked out as soon as we start talking.
3: You go into it feeling so nervous and thinking like you're not gonna fit in or they're gonna think you're too weird, they're not gonna get you. But then like literally every time when someone starts talking and opens up, then everyone else is like, Mm -hmm. that's me. Mm -hmm. Like you're all going through the same struggles.
2: They give you encouragement to face the things you face through the week. When we were just starting groups, I remember we were about maybe three weeks in and we had to take uh, our youngest daughter to the ER. And we got there probably 9, 30, 10 o'clock and I remember some guys from our small group showed up and they just talked with us and encouraged us and comforted us and prayed with us and We talked until probably like 1230 in the morning and it just meant a lot to us. It was just good to know that they took it serious, that we were, it wasn't just a book club, it's a a close-knit friendship type community.
3: Having the encouragement from other people, like not having to deal with things alone anymore. We're just encouraging each other to stay in the word and keep going and that's had a really good impact on our lives.
2: You gotta be around believers, and and that's what small groups is
0: good about.
3: It's iron sharpening iron.
0: Come on, would you give it up for Josh and Heather today? Come on, it's a great story. So again, these three steps, and you're seeing them, not just throughout scripture, but lived out every day. We gather together, we grow in purpose, and now it's time that we go and we make a difference. Go to make a difference is eternal impact. It really is, it's eternal impact. It's all about doing something that is going to last forever. Uh, There is an eternal impact on the decisions that we make every single day. Uh, The Bible tells us in John 15, there's two verses that I wanna show you as we start to kind of wind down this conversation. John 15, look at verse number eight, and then again, verse number 11, the Bible says, All of this is for my Father's glory, by the way. Everything that we do, everything I do, everything you do, everything this church does should point back to to, to the Father getting all the glory. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's all about him. That's a good place to say amen, right? So all of this is for my Father's glory. And, And here it is, that you bear much fruit. So you discover your spiritual gifts, right? That's growing in your purpose. And now you know that those gifts are given so that you can bear much fruit, which is the proof that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now skip to verse number 11. He says, I have told you this so that my joy, the joy of the Lord, which is our strength, so that my joy may be in you and so that your joy may be complete. Uh, let Let me tell you what I believe he's saying here, that you will never really find fulfillment, true fulfillment, happiness, or whatever it is that you think defines success until you understand that using your gifts to make a difference in the lives of somebody else is the way that you bear fruit and you receive the joy of the Lord. Money. It's not what makes people happy. Success is not what makes people happy. A nice car, a nice job, and I'm not saying any of those things are wrong, but at the end of the day, the only thing that brings true fulfillment, the only thing that gives us complete joy, you were created to serve people. It's the ministry of Jesus. When Jesus came to this earth, he chose the towel over the title. He washed his disciples' feet as an act of humility and obedience. And MoveTrack, so if you you go through MoveTrack, if you do sign up, you're going to see this, but we teach Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I was impressed with this in college. Um, I took psychology in college three times. So I I got this down the third time. Come on, somebody. (laughs) It took me three times to get it right, and... uh, But Maslow's hierarchy of needs is this motivational theory in psychology. So Maslow wrote this paper in the early 1940s to talk about how people, uh, what their expectations are of motivation. And he starts with the most basic of needs on this pyramid. And he says that, People always look at physical needs. That's air, food, water, shelter, intimacy, sleep. They move to safety needs, protection, security, law, stability. They move to to love needs, uh, the desire for for family and affection and relationships. And then esteem needs, achievement and status and responsibility and reputation. Cognitive needs, that's knowledge and meaning and self-awareness. Aesthetic needs, that's beauty and and balance and form. Self-actualization needs, which is personal growth. And self-fulfillment. But watch what Maslow says. And this was adapted and evolved over the years of study. But he says, the highest need is transcendence needs. And he talks about in this research paper that here you experience caring for other people, compassion for other people. You begin to have sympathy for other people. You have a desire to help others. What if you lived your life as if this pyramid was flipped upside down. That you gave yourself away. Here's how we say to go church. Save people. Serve people. Save people. Serve people. Because when we come into a right relationship with Christ Jesus, we recognize that we cannot be selfish with the goodness that we've experienced from God. So we're going to go make a difference. Proverbs says it like this, chapter number 11. The generous will prosper. It doesn't say the rich prosper. It says the generous will prosper. That means regardless of socioeconomic background, if you are generous, you will prosper. And those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Another translation says this, those who bless others will themselves be blessed. I'm going to show you one more video and we'll tie all of this together. Story of Stephen that after he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, he decided to go make a difference in the lives of some people in a third world country and it changed his life forever. Check out this final story, Stephen's story.
4: The fulfillment that I found in, um, in the outreach, has been major. Uh, my trip to Honduras was something that um, I'll never forget. It's probably shaped my life ever since. Um, everything I do uh, leads me usually one way to another to think about something about that trip. You know, the, the people that I met, that I went on the trip with, I think, are, are one of the first things I think about. I've gained serious, true relationships with that, um, that I think that I will never lose. It even gave me the opportunity to meet uh, one little girl that I was able to uh, sponsor now, that, um, and we talk a couple of times a year, and it's, it's, it's been great. Another little boy that I met uh, was Michael. And he was, at the time, trying to uh, scrape up money to uh, let his brother, his younger brother, um, graduate. He was in uh, in kindergarten, if I remember right. And to graduate, you have to be able to buy uh, to buy their diploma. And the cost is $15. So um, I mean, I, I, it's, it's tough to see a kid trying to struggle to scrape together $15 and, and me having just had it in my pocket like nothing. Um, and that experience was something that, that that I found fulfillment in, but also let me realize how little bit that we can uh, give of ourselves can help in such a major way. This is something I want to continue doing. I want to continue going to 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 other countries and and helping out in in this way that we did. Stateside, I also um, started doing some some programs with outreach also and other people that I found to be fulfilling also to help people uh, in the area, being able to go and. And physically be there with people and love on people and show them uh, how much you generally love them and want to help them and want to be there with them. I think that's truly loving people's life.
0: Come on, give it up for Stephen. What a great story. Now I'm going to show you two ways real quick on how I think you can go make a difference. The first one is serving here on our Go Team. Every single day, church, listen to me. Every single day, Go Teamers, our volunteers, are making a difference, not just locally, but globally. You have men and women that are serving in kids ministry and worship ministry as, as ushers and greeters in the parking lot. You have people that during COVID-19, they, they boxed hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of boxes of food to help people in need. You have people that will go and raise money to go on a missions trip, just like Stephen, to go to the uttermost parts of the world and make a difference. It's these individuals that are finding true joy true fulfillment by using their spiritual gifts to go make a difference i'm going to tell you something because there's a lot of a new faces at go church in recent months and i love that i love that you've honored us with the opportunity to get to know you and you get to know us one thing you need to know though is this is you're going to stay uh really uncomfortable if you call go church or home church but you refuse to serve you cannot be a go church and sit give me an amen right there god called you to serve and we are better when you say yes and you're obedient to using the gifts that god has given you to go make a difference now is the time to jump on a go team now is the time to take a step of faith and let god use you now in the middle of a worldwide health crisis yes in the middle of this this is the greatest hour of the church and i told our staff the other day and i don't want you to take this the wrong way but i've I've kind of I've been misleading you uh, over the last couple of months because I've told you that safety is our top priority. And I've been convicted by the Lord recently because nowhere in the Bible do I find that the disciples ever played it safe. I know I got like three people that said amen, but I'm not saying be foolish and unwise, but this is the time where the world needs the church now more than ever. Now is the time where we have to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ extended. I'm not going to walk in fear. I'm going to walk in faith. I'm going to wear my mask. I'm going to wash my hands. Somebody on the same end of that. We should have, y'all should have been washing your hands long before COVID-19. What's wrong with people, right? You know, but at the end of the day, now is the time. One more way that you can go and make an eternal difference is through our legacy offering. So last year was the first time we ever did a legacy offering. It's happening again on Sunday, December the 6th. And here's the great thing about the Legacy Offering, Uh, and and many of you know this, but let me tell those of you who are new, whatever money comes in for the Legacy Offering, we give 100% of it away. Every dollar, every dime, every nickel, every penny that we collect on Legacy Sunday, we give it all away. And in 2019, you all gave $135,000. Come on now. in a one-time offering. And we gave it all away. Every penny of it went away, and every, every Sunday when we gather together in our generosity moment, we try to share with you different stories of how your giving weekly and through the legacy offering makes a difference. Your giving literally makes a difference, but one way that I wanted to share a huge win was this. So your legacy offering, we partnered with RIP Medical Debt, and RIP Medical Debt works as a, a, a consultant with doctor's offices and insurances to negotiate unpaid medical bills and so we partnered with them because of your generosity during the legacy offering and our partnership with r.i.p medical debt watch this abolished debt for 1,323 people in calweta and fayette county now don't clap just yet that meant that if there were any outstanding unpaid medical bills that went to creditors of those were paid in Coweta County, Georgia, and almost 90% of those were paid in in Fayette County, Georgia. Isn't that fantastic? Don't clap, hold on, hold on. I know you wanna clap, but you gotta see this. That means you, Go Church, you erased $2,081,068.09 through the Legacy Offering. Come on now, let's go. Come on. Woo! So the first Sunday in December is a legacy offering. And I put on that slide a moment ago, you gave over 135,000 last year. I put some question marks about this year. I don't know what it'll be, but I believe that we can do even more. And we're giving every single dollar away. You may not be able to go on a missions trip, but you can fund someone who can. Give me an amen right there. So we all got this next step and now is the time that we gather. Now is the time that we grow. And now is the time that we go. I always close with a question. And here it is. Every person in this room, you got a next step. Do you know what yours is? All of us. We all have this next step in Christ. Do you know what yours is? Because let today be the day that the Holy Spirit nudges you to take that step. Many of you in this room and at Germantown, you're already gathering. Now it's time to grow, it's time to go. Some of you watching online, it's time to come, time to come back to the flock, to the fold. Let us be that covering and that family is safe here. Come on. Now is the time that we go. We make a difference. We use our gifts, talents, and abilities and our resources to fund the vision and the mission. And we do, we do incredible things for the kingdom of God. And we make not an earthly impact, but an eternal impact. Isn't that good?